As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome back to a late-night edition of the Warriors All-82 Podcast Game 5 NBA Finals Edition. Just Tim Cowell called me tonight uh, after a, you know, the Warriors are on the doorstep of another NBA title. I mean, it's in many ways, it's stunning. Uh, it's, if you go back to various points of this season, the fact that they are 48 minutes from an NBA title, but... Um, you know, they're just playing extremely well right now. And to me, like, 94 points is is the big number. 16 in the first quarter, and it's 20 in the fourth, but really there was a Luke Cornett three and, a, and some free throws in the last minute that were mop-up duty. So it was really 14 in the first 11 minutes of the fourth. And again, like I said, 16 in the first. Like, they won this on the defensive end, and to me they've won this series on the defensive end. I agree. And, and I think that defense is wearing down – Boston's, you know, best players, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. Uh, Tatum's had some tough games. He, he scored the ball a little bit better tonight, but uh, Brown had a terrible shooting night, and they're running into the Warriors' toughness, you know, and defensive tenacity, and that's what they can bring at you and, and then score. You know, they missed their threes wildly, but they scored just enough. And they just forced Boston to do stuff that the energy wasn't there for. And that, I'm saying it's going to be a seven-game series. It kind of feels that way to me. But, you know, if Boston is pooped, if they're, if they're exhausted, the Warriors, we know the Warriors can squeeze that, squeeze that tube and, and get a victory out of this in game six. We'll see. I think it's a toss-up game. But when you play defense like this and you wear out that other team, you're going to look very good for a championship at some point, either it's game six or game seven. Let's just start with Wiggins. I know it's what you wrote about. It's really kind of the story of the night. Um, we were just I just did the tampering podcast for the Athletic NBA show. And, I mean, Sam Amick was, like, very convinced. Like, best game of Andrew Wiggins' career for sure. Obviously, you know, again, like I was talking about with Steph last time, it's the difference between best and signature game. Um, he's had some massive regular season games, which we won't even qualify right now. He had that huge game in Dallas, game yeah. three, which was like, you know, that's a conference finals road win where he, you know, 
great on Luca, scored 20-something points and had the signature dunk, really dunk of the playoffs. Uh, I don't know if you would categorize this game as better or worse uh, just in a vacuum, but obviously, you know, it, it is an NBA Finals game five. He was he actually was 0-6 from three. Yeah, that would be the point where you'd say it might not be his best game. But I, I, I wrote, I can't remember. It was like 12 of 17 from two. Like, the guy was, like, I always talk about tough twos. How many times do I talk about tough twos? Those were the tough twos. Those were, like, championship-winning twos. Those were the Kevin Durant twos. Yeah, exactly. Go find a two. Go get Jason Tatum you know, on the post, spin around, and float something in there. Uh, and that's how you win really big games. Yeah, I don't know that I'd say is his best game. I, I'd have to go back. and I, I, he's had some, He had some good games at the end of last year. Uh, so, but... Obviously, in the finals, it just has magnified the pressure, the responsibility. And that's what I wrote about is, like, it turns out he loves the pressure, like this kind of pressure. It turns out he loves the responsibility. He talked about the, his, you know, Steph and Clay and Draymond are saying, we need you. We need you. Like, that was supposed to be the stuff he shied away from in, in Minnesota. He's obviously matured some, but he's in this system. Like, he's saying, okay, that's good. Let me go guard Jason Tatum and let me go, like, get you 14 rebounds. And uh, that's what we didn't know about him. And I don't think his teammates knew that about him until this series. I think he's coming alive as a personality. I think the playoffs are bringing something out of him. I'm not sure he knew he had on a basketball court. I'm, I, I think basketball has never been more fun for him, it seems like. Uh, and, you know, you don't know what the playoffs are from just like an invigoration standpoint until you're in that gauntlet and you you are having the type of impact you are you know he is having and you know you're just seeing the smile more which i know like this is not a this week type thing you've been talking about it all playoffs but beyond that i mean the mean mugs which 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 clay mentioned on the dunk tonight on Derek white which the nba with the transcript edited out by the way that reference i had to go back and listen to it because it was not in the nba transcript just thought it'd be interesting yeah um and, you know, I mean, he had, remember the dunk on Brandon Clark? You know the dunk on Luca. Like, so he's had several of these moments. He's, and he's, he's tried a few others, too, by the way. Like, he's the going put, for it. Put back in Denver, I remember. And, you know, it's interesting going back to the Denver series. We talk about various moments for Wiggins in these playoffs. I remember the game three win in Denver. He's had big road moments in these playoffs. But the game three win in Denver when I was wondering if he should even be on the floor because he was kind of struggling. And then remember he went three. Like put back, big defensive play on the other end, and it like that was the first big moment where Steph came on the court afterwards and told him like, "You, you are the reason we won that." So, so there's there's been a build up to this, obviously, but um, tonight, you know, the the stuff I'm seeing with him that that is really not even just impressive in the moment, but it says like there might be something awakening in him into this long term, like this might be who he is, where. Like uh, Tatum beat him back door on a layup. It was one of his bad. It was maybe probably his only bad defensive moment of the night, at least anything that I can remember. And Tatum makes the layup. Ball goes through the basket. He grabs the ball and hits himself in the head with the ball a couple times. And it was like that's Andrew Wiggins being like, "Damn it, Andrew! Like you can't allow that type." And it's just like, you know, you met you asked him about Minnesota in the press conference, but you know that's Minnesota people are like, you know, he's <laughs> he's angry at himself at like a at a rare defensive mistake in the second quarter. Like that's the type of stuff where he just and he's mentioned it. Like what has he figured out about defense this year? He always says, "Hey, look, I I've always been a six foot eight bouncy wing that guards the best player on the other team." But what he's learned this season is details, you know, erasing mistakes, knowing personnel, all that, and I just he. 
he seems to really be invested in winning, which we didn't know if yeah. that was the case. I think, it, I mean, it does go back, I mean, all the credit to him, but just how much Steph, Draymond, Clay, Steve Kerr have, like, really, it, I called it a process. They've, like, from the day, when they said they braced him from day one, because, first of all, he wasn't D'Angelo Russell, right? That was big for them. Uh, so he was going to play defense. He could be a complimentary player. He wasn't didn't need the ball in his hands. All that was important. But then they got to like him. Like they they liked him as a you know. And he's a popular guy. Uh, and Draymond also made the reference that Tom Thibodeau told him Jimmy Butler loved him. Like you know, and that, that's really important to Draymond, uh, no matter what. And uh, Ron Adams and uh, and Steve Ig- Kerr. Iguodala said the same thing. This was like middle of the season, right? You know, Wiggins made the All Star team this year, and he said you know because he played with Butler in Miami, and he he said the same thing. Butler told him like you'll like Andrew Wiggins, and th- I and you know they know all these internal NBA people a lot, you know. A lot more intimately than some of us do, and it's like I think it's become pretty clear that the Minnesota situation and the <laughs> Butler situation is more aimed towards Carl Anthony Towns. No question, and it's just interesting that so they made this move. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns said get rid of Wiggins, but he said I want D'Angelo Russell. So they've made it the the the, the cat team, and the Warriors are happy. And again, the Warriors didn't know he was like this. They did not know he was going to do this, but I think you've seen them kind of just like they've rallied around him. They embraced him. It's, it's sometimes it's like you got to do this, but we love you, right? You're good. You're good enough to do it. We really believe in you. The vaccination, you know, situation. I didn't get into it because it probably would have been edited out of my column anyway. But like they they circled around them. You do what you got to do. You you do what you feel is right. But you know what? If we want to win a championship, vaccination is what you do because you want to play home games. So I just think it's the understanding of how good he was and what he needed to hear what support he needed and not just go out there and go get 30 points it was like do stuff that wins games do things that you know not Iguodala like but sort of like Iguodala go well that's him. where the rebounding has been the big thing guess what 13 more than it remember how 11 was the big like yeah. hey though you never got more than 11 that was such a storyline <laughs> even like the Warriors were joking with them well he just went 16 13 yeah. in the two biggest games yes, of his career exactly. in the two absolute must win games this one was must win but it's pretty close last one was a absolute must win against two that's what my boy is the two great two-way forwards like that's where boston is great jason tatum and jalen brown that's where they got beat in game three i don't think wiggins had a bad game he didn't have a great game and by the way we're saying also his shot has not been there from he ran 06 from three i mean it's like it's not there the mid-range has and now he's back to mid-range wigs (laughs) uh but it's this moment where they, I mean, they had to know. I didn't get into this. It's in my top of my head. I couldn't get in the column. But, like, they had to know. This series, they had to have Wiggins. Like, the, he was a mandatory player in this series. He could not sleepwalk through this series because he had to guard Tatum and he had to be as athletic as, as the rest of those guys. And and he has absolutely been that and better. And, like, you know, he's guarded John Morant, elite player. He's guarded Luke, Luka Doncic, elite player. He's guarded Jason Tatum, elite player. Is he an elite player now? Like, not trying to say elite top 10, but is he, an, is he a top 35 player? Made, in made the all-star team. Yeah, I mean, that for a lot. You, but, you, you, you revealed how, you know, through, well, through TikTok. Well, well, the one thing I would say about that, the fact that he made it as a starter really, I think, unfairly masked the fact that, like, he legitimately was a candidate to yeah, make the yeah. team. Now, we all understand that he shouldn't have been a starter. Like, Luka didn't start. But he was very much in the conversation of like maybe the 11th 12th best player in the west like legitimately the warriors were were really good too yeah i mean you know that was back when 
at that, at that time, they were um, either the top team. But to answer Russia's your question, game. especially with what he's done reputationally entering these play, playoffs, I think he goes into next season like with he's right in that fringe All Star player conversation, which means he's in the conversation for twenty eighth best player in the league at at probably minimum. Uh, it because. At a very mm-hmm. valuable position. Well, winning player. Yes. You know, winning, winning player. player. Two-way player. Uh, all the things that we've praised, you know, Durant, Iguodala, you know, Clay. Over Dare the I say Max player. Yeah, I mean, he's worth – I said that like two rounds ago. Like, he's worth $31 million. He's worth – you know, this is just who so he is. has been this year. And at that position and what they're getting out of him. And the minutes counts, by the way. He's played the most minutes in the last three games by far on the team. Uh, basically matching Jason Tatum again, who's who's playing forty four game and wearing down. Uh, Wiggins doesn't look like he's wearing down. I, I said this in a column yesterday. I was like, who looked fresher in last game? The Warriors, the old Warriors, or, or the young Celtics? It was the old Warriors, and some of that. Wiggins is not old; he's the same age as those guys. Um, Part of why he's so important so is important. his age. So important, and um, this could again. I, I don't know what where it's going to go for him in his career, but the fact that you. You raise your game in this moment when everyone knows you have to is a great sign about the rest of his career. Uh, and, like, you know, the, the oh, are they going to, is he going to let him go after next year when he's so much money? They are not letting go of Andrew Wiggins. They are not letting go of Andrew Wiggins. This is just, this is how this team survives and makes money and makes incredible amounts of money by going deep in the playoffs and you go deep in the playoffs with Andrew Wiggins and, and Kevon Looney, the two people I hear people saying, oh, they're going to have to get rid of him for, for, for well, salary. They, don't, they won't. Just think about what they spent on Kelly Oubre. Yes. De- desperately searching for like a, an average wing to put on a team that didn't even have Clay Thompson. And now Andrew Wiggins has shown him them what they what he can be for a championship level team. And Second he, best player in the playoffs for the Warriors, would you say that? Yes, yep. because Clay Thompson has been rocky up and down. Although Clay Thompson is really starting to play well defensively, defensively in this series, and and he hit two big threes tonight. Yep. Those third quarter threes, I thought were yes. huge. Yes. Um, Draymond Green, you know, has had he's been probably as inconsistent as Clay in a lot of ways. Now Draymond Green was great tonight defensively. I mean, you look at some of the defensive tapes, some of the sharp rotations he was making. To me, their defensive effort tonight, you you credit Wiggins for a lot of the wing work, but I thought Draymond Green was their best defensive player tonight. But if we're talking consistency over the playoffs – it, you know, Poole would be another person you you could try to toss in the conversation. Looney, Looney. Looney. yeah, Looney, Jesus. Um, you know, there's like I would say, Steph is like far and away one, and then like two through five is like kind of more condensed. But I would probably label Wiggins as two at this in, point in this series. Clearly, the second best player on the Warriors. Clearly, and maybe the second best player in the series overall. Like Jalen Brown, right there. But like this is this He's is basically a, outplaying Tatum. Yes, exactly. And this is this is how you get reputations. This is how you build what you are, and it's happening. You know, before eyes, and he's twenty six years old. So, um, hats off to him. It's been amazing. And Steph Curry, if they win the series, Steph Curry's going to be the MVP. But this is a really great series by Andrew Wiggins. Absolutely. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I wrote about the defense and just the fact that I just two things. Number one, I just think it's kind of been the an under discussed aspect of the series where, you know, and Ime Udoka's coming out talking about uh, you know, if the Celtics just play offense like they should, they should and he said this before game five, like they should be up three one in the series and you know, everyone wants to talk about the, the, the turnover number with the Celtics where if they hit sixteen or more they like always lose. If they're under sixteen they always win. And I just think it's a little dismissive of, like, what the Warriors are doing to them defensively. It's just more like if the Celtics come with the proper mindset, they win. If they don't, they lose. It's like, you know, the Warriors have now held them under 300 three times or under under 100 three times, which in the entire East playoffs, 20 games, they were only under 100 twice. So, you know, in those are the Warriors' three wins. They're turning them over. You know, Gary Payton's out there. He gets three steals tonight. He's hounding him. It's just the Warriors are – they were the best defense in basketball for the first few months this season. Draymond goes out. They, you know, hit – kind of fall off a cliff a little bit, but still in the season as the second best defense. Uh, it's it's not traditional. It certainly isn't, uh, you know – No shot blocker. Yeah. No shot blockers. The, the wing defense from the dynasty pass with, you know, the Durants, the – the Livingstons, the Iguodala in a, in his late prime, like Clay at his best. Clay at his best. Draymond Younger. Draymond had a series where he blocked seventeen oh. shots. He's blocked two shots in yeah. this series. Like he's just not what he used to be as a shot blocker, which is fine. Um, but like they've had to piece it together. They've had to be more creative. We the the Dallas series was a great example of the variety that the menu that they had with Mike Brown, just you know going from this zone to box and one to, to back, um, and then also I think we underrated what collective IQ would do for the defensive end this summer when they're adding the Bielitz as the Porters. We didn't know what they would be from a defensive Gary side. Peck, Gary Payton a second, by the way. <laughs> just throw him out there and have him go, you know, knock the ball out away a couple times. Plus 16 and 26. Yeah, yeah, he was fantastic. He was fantastic. Um, yeah, it, it's a whole lot of things. It's centered around Draymond, and it, it kind of comes and goes – you know, to his who who he is. Although he did not play great, great in Game Four, and they took him out, and they still played really good defense. Uh, you know, well, they, the growth of Looney. Yes, growth of Looney. The fact that you can stick him in there. They've got you know Porter can can handle it for a while. Bielitsa, you know, not so much in this game, but the last game was ridiculously good. Like it's just things like they plug them in. Mike Brown should get a lot of credit for this. Yeah. And this is why he's getting a job. Like. They're saying it. Our defense, Mike Brown, is really forced, you know, focused on accountability. He, he has those stats up. Maybe not the best 
you know, set of references for Jaron Collins. I'm just going to be flat out. Like, if they keep saying how much better they are because Mike Brown is doing it, the defensive coordinator last year was Jaron Collins. But, I mean, Jaron's a great guy. I, I don't want to be mean about it. He also, but, you know. I should say, we should say, is was on the Pelican staff that, like, Pelicans had this, like, great second-half yes, yeah, surge. Yeah, yeah. So. I was going to say, I'm just saying, by, you can just tell no by doubt. what they're saying, it's a it's a marked improvement for them, just the sheer coaching. And so that will be an impo- important job for Steve Kerr to fill that defensive coordinator job and then it should be somebody as active as on them as as mike brown has been in, in, in such an effective way uh but like yeah they they don't have big all i mean it would all place what do you play four minutes tonight six minutes they have him on the coaching staff yeah he's, yeah he's a coaching staff like so someone asked me about it like, would, would he be an assistant coach next year? i said i don't think he wants to go through that but i think you can just do this for another year you do the haslam plan uh, right yeah I mean, haslam's on like year seven yeah, exactly. i saw a stat that said you don't size scored a playoff point in six seasons it's amazing i keep forgetting he's still in the league i think he's an assistant coach because he's the one guy who's been in the, um, with the same team longer than steph curry that's the and it's been a while that he's been that one guy and i keep forgetting about him uh but yeah it's just it is it, it's a it's a it's who they are it's a character of a team they can do it when draymond's at his best sometimes when draymond's not at his best Sometimes you don't think the pieces are, you know, Jordan Poole's out there, a little sketchy on defense. You're not sure how they're going to pull that off. Hey, by the way, Seth Curry's playing great defense. He's playing great defense. Like the, your yeah. 13 being somebody's best defensive season ever, like, could, could you find another career where you're like, year 13 was their best defense? And, and him being a dominant offensive player. <laughs> so it's like that, that combination, I don't know that that's ever, ever been done. Uh, and... They just they piece it together just right, and they play physical to the line, and they get they knock the ball loose and they go. It's uh, it's impressive. They did this seven years ago, and they're doing it now. This is how they played with different personnel, and they're playing like it right now. It's, it, it is a credit to them. In my opinion, it's it's brains, it's it's smarts, it's collective IQ. It is Steve Kerr and Mike Brown not only harping on it but making substitution decisions because of it like you know i think you wrote about it and there was plenty of thought of like hey maybe jonathan coming in the series and the reality of what we're seeing is like no they don't they just they want smart defenders out there like at all times and it's why they kind of like moody it's why they threw moody out there a little bit but even now it's like moody who i feel like long term they believe they are going to trust as a defensive component they're still just like sorry you're 19 you need to know personnel you need to know how to execute you need to you know not miss box out it's not that like you know that's a that's a problem for moody but it's just like you know, you see Iguodala tonight when Looney heads, gets foul trouble. That could have been a Kaminga spot. And, like, you know, some coaches would have. And maybe Kaminga comes out and gets three alley-oops. And it's like, oh, what a move. The youth injection. But we know the tendencies of the Steve Kerr, Mike Brown coaching staff, which is defense, defense, defense. And, and the preaching of that and just the detail-oriented nature of, I think, their scouting reports and the fact that, you know, Porter comes in. The reason why Porter has become come such a great component certainly because he hits a bunch of threes he has you know his his shot has gone way cold but rugged rebounder smart player that that's you know we talk about it from a flowing offensive standpoint but again as we're seeing in these playoffs that means defense like the the brains for defense matter so much for for their system i guess defense connection right to know where if i'm over there this guy's going to be over there and then i then if he moves over there i'm going to move over here that's so important to what they do 
and it's what Porter does. Like, it'll, by the way, and then he gets matched up by Jason Tatum. Like, Kerr's like, oh, wait a minute, we got to get figure out a way not, not, not to have that happen. Uh, it's, it, you know, the pieces aren't like they used to have, but it is, you know, Boston's a good team. No, you know, I keep saying he's yeah. a very good team, not a great offensive team, but they're a really good team. And they look a little bit befuddled right now. And it's like, and they just lost a crucial game when Steph Curry could not make a three pointer. Like, that's oh, got that's to hurt. Yeah, that's got to hurt them just thinking about that. Like, they changed the coverage a little bit, right? They, I, I never, like, I know it's drop coverage, but they weren't really dropping. They just weren't coming out to him. Well, tonight they came out to him a little bit on the pick and roll. And so that took away the three, or when he had it, he missed it. And yet, <laughs> what he scored what sixteen points or whatever it was, it, it didn't matter. Like it, it is, it's a fascinating situation if you look at it from the Celtics' point of view. It's like, what are we gonna do? Like this guy's gonna score forty-five again on us because you know he's gonna be due. What do they do? Oh, well, and Idoka's point, and you know, if you look at the numbers, you agree. I'd agree. Like they were in the series are kind of just scoring the same amount every game. It's coming in different ways, but it's like it's one. It's between like one hundred four and one ten. Their Boston's three losses are because they're under a hundred. And like, what Boston? What should Boston do? Like everything about the Celtics right now now revolves around them they have to get going offensively against this Warriors defensive machine that we're talking about that is you know it's clicking right now and I think you're really seeing Boston's lack of a true point guard you know that comes with the turnovers I mean Marcus Smart great player but he's not I think he's dinged up I mean some people are arguing with me but I think he's asked out briefly he's not in the last two games he has not run very much he just hasn't run very much he can still do stuff but like he's switching off a of staff, they're putting Derek White on. I don't. There's things that don't seem right with him uh, that I know Steve, Marcus Smart can do. Um, it's also because they don't have a great bench, right? I mean, Peyton Pritchard and you know Derek White is their only offensive player off the bench, and that's Grant not Williams. Great. Grant, well, yeah, it's like it, there's there's just some things there that are a little creaky. If I'm them. I put Grant Williams in the starting lineup and have Al, Al, Al Horford coming off the bench because I, I want somebody coming off the bench who, who can score a little bit. I think they're overloaded. They have to play all those guys 40 minutes, 38 minutes. If you kind of do like what Kerr's done with Looney, is like I'm still going to play the guy, but I'm going to play him in a different combination. That's what I would do with, with I'm, Horford. You can look up the box score. He's look up the box score. Go find a box score. I'm walking over to get this box score because to your somewhat of your point, what I wanted to – mentioned is Robert Williams is such a swing factor in the series as we've seen like the the Robert Williams tonight was what did he finish plus 11 that's plus minus on their team so Robert Williams finishes with plus 11 and Al Horford finishes minus 19 (laughs) so and you know Grant Williams minus 18 like Boston we're getting you know you get deeper in the series and you kind of just like know what works what doesn't what lineup combinations matter like to me Boston needs Robert Williams on the floor as much as possible because the Warriors really do struggle to score when he's on the floor. Um, but Robert Williams can't really be on yeah, the floor I'm as much as possible. Robert Williams played 30 minutes yeah, tonight, actually, yeah. which, like, that's that's pushing Robert yeah. Williams. Yep, and he went to the ground once, right, and stayed down there, like, as he always does. Now, we know by now that he looks like he's he dead. He will be he's, starting games. He's, he's coming back up. He's going to play. But I... I He's like the dead villain, you know, in the you know the Halloween, like dun you know, dun dun. He's coming back down the court. Don't turn your back. Uh, 
I think offensively they need to split those two. I just, I mean, and Grant Williams has not had a good series. He has he had a single good game. He had, you know, one good play tonight where he blocked Steph's shot and then went down and got got the and one. But everything, I don't even know what he's done. Like he just doesn't hasn't done anything. And he played great for several games against Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals. Milwaukee, he had like what did he have, make like yeah. eight threes in exactly. games. Like, I, I would try to somehow to get him going by moving him to starting lineup and put Horford. And I don't know if that would do much. It just feels like you'd have a little more space. Feels like you'd have a, just try to break that up where you're just playing the same four guys a hundred minutes. It's just, it just feels like that's a problem, and you're wearing down in the fourth quarter. They had the great third quarter tonight. They had not. They've been getting knocked around in the third quarter. They can't sustain that. I mean, they basically had a great night because they great third quarter. They hit eight threes in a row, like very similar to the fourth quarter in game one. But they weren't – the legs weren't there for it. You know, it just – Jason Tatum is exerting so much energy just trying to get these shots off. It's so hard for him to – you know, he can't shake loose. Even when he's hitting him, it's just taking stuff out of him, and he's just not there in the fourth quarter. And they're missing free throws, uh, turnovers, and missing free throws. You know, th- th- those will kill you. Those will haunt you. In a game where Steph Curry does not make a three, you lose when you absolutely had to win because you couldn't do all the other stuff. So we'll see. I think they're going to come up with a big effort at home. Like, we've seen this, right? The Warriors have had the chance to clinch on the road twice before and did not do it. No, three times before. Each one of the uh, – yeah, Every, yeah, 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 every yeah. series they have gone 0-1, basically. To, like, they've lost their first closeout opportunity. Yeah. Game four in Denver – Game, game five in Memphis. Yes. Ooh, Ooh, I game think I remember five that one. In Memphis. Yeah, I that one. Uh, and then game four in Dallas. Yep. yep. So um, Jason Tatum, two of six from the line, to your point, including two misses late when it was like slipping. They were, you know, they were high pressure misses. And then pretty soon after, Draymond Green follows him with Gary yeah, Payton was, into the Boston that huddle. That was weird. That yeah. was, uh, to me, I think he just maybe sensed a moment of weakness from Tatum. Like, obviously, you know choking on those two free throws a little bit you could say uh and you could tell he was the, he was kind of going to shoot a layup after the whistle as they were going to timeout and Draymond not only followed him with his hands up defending him you could tell he looked at Gary Payton he's like hey stay here come on let's <laughs> let's walk with him all the way and he walks him in the huddle and like Marcus Smart kind of fought back against it a little bit but that to me seemed like you know you we know how Draymond operates we saw it plenty with Aaron Gordon in the first round or you know name your opponent uh Grant Williams in this series but he, Jake, Jake Fisher of Leisure Report. <laughs> but if he if you know he's picking out a weakness, he's yes. going after it. And I just thought it was interesting that he decided J- Jason Tatum, a Team USA teammate, a podcast guest of his at one point. Um, he's you know he, he made a statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he does that with referees, right? He stares and glares at referees. Uh, and Tatum is feeling tired. Tatum's you know carrying such a load. Uh, it's wearing on them. So that could mean the Warriors win game six. Like That could mean they just get a close game and they just pull it out in the fourth quarter. I'm not, I think it's a toss-up. Uh, I've been saying recently I think it's going to be seven-game series. I bet Maybe Vegas not. probably has Boston slight favorites. Yeah, I don't think guess. so. Just, again, they're going to mean again. They're, you got pride. You are who you are. The crowd's going to be insane. The crowd's going to be insane. Two days off. Um, like, you know, they had a chance to win this game, and this is here. So... We'll see. I, I am not going to Game Six, so part of me like I would like to see it get back here for Game Seven. Warriors fans can be furious at me for saying that, but um, 
if, they if they're furious at you three, for saying that, they don't know how journalism works. Yeah, exactly, which is fine. And if they win in Game Six, more power to them. It'd be a great win. I think they'd love it. I think the owner would love that <laughs> a lot. Did uh, you did you see there was a mic'd up segment occur post game in the locker room, and he was saying, I, I, "My guess would be I have not talked to Steve, but my guess would be he's probably unhappy that it was yeah. uh, put out there, but it's him in the locker room, you know, like." Talking uh, right after the game, saying we're gonna go win this in Boston. Let's go win this in Boston. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I think they really want to. Like, I mean, uh, just isn't that them? Like, they hated the crowd in games three and four. They hated it. I mean, they have a very un, you know, varnished opinion about that. They want to go win it in front of them. That doesn't mean they're going to. Well, like they didn't like the Memphis crowd either. That's you know? the point. Like they wanted to close it in Memphis, yeah. but clearly not that much. <laughs> you know, it, you can say it all you want. And some of it is the other and team. And you're down 20 in exactly. the second quarter. And, and that really could happen. I mean, I could, you could just feel that energy coming. We'll see. They could, you know, they could weather it and, and work their way back. We've seen that too. But they, they, they have wanted to – they love clinching on the road. Like, they love it. They love – I mean, Steph's clinched in Memphis before. He really wanted to clinch in Memphis. That did not happen in, in a very dramatic way. So they can want it all they want. They're going to be they're going to be a tough team, but doesn't mean they're going to you know because because you want it doesn't mean you're going to, and they come back here if there's a game seven that's another sixteen million dollars in the coffers by the way so that might be that might be a nice little uh, back end reward for them. Also, might be a tense night if they. It would be a very tense night, no question. It would be like you you don't want to have that tension, but tension's fun too. Oh, I will. Tension's fun. Tension's fun. That would be an entertaining. Uh, There would be some flashbacks to 2016 on that one. They're they're absolutely. Clay said 2015 uh, uh, memories. Uh, 2016 when they had the chance to clinch in Game Seven against Cleveland. Like if this game's close in the fourth quarter, oh man, you weren't there for that. That was. So tense! Oh my god, that was I unbelievable. Was, I was in Austin, Texas, with Kevin Durant, yeah. who would view that game with a very interesting <laughs> eye. Uh, that was as tense as I've ever felt Oracle Arena. I mean, golly, Game Seven on a seventy-three win season uh, against LeBron James when you've had a three-one lead. That, that that was as loaded as it possibly get. And, and this one wouldn't quite be that loaded, but it'd be pretty loaded. It would be pretty loaded. I will talk to you. Marcus will talk to you from Boston Game 6. It is Thursday night, and it should be a pretty interesting night. Talk to you then.